Welcome back to License to Spiel. I'm Thad Haight. I'm Carl Wonders. And we are talking about 1997's Austin Powers International Man of Mystery. Yeah, baby! (laughs) So, this movie is dated, for sure. Yep. But after last week's Spy Hard... Oh boy, this feels so much better. Yes, this is a parody that knows how to be a parody. Mm-hmm. And I'm still at that point where I'm uncomfortable with movies that I remember being maybe not an adult, but not young coming out and now they're dated. It yeah. still makes me feel weird. But yes, this is definitely a product of the late 90s. Yeah, I was 11 Yeah, when this movie came okay. out. Mm-hmm. I didn't see it in the theater. This would not have been a movie my parents would have taken me to see. No. Uh, but I, I definitely saw it in the 90s. I think I've seen this movie maybe 10 times over the course of two years. Um, <laughs> because in college, my my first year of college, September of 97, I don't remember what month this came out in, but uh, I was in the band and we would take bus road trips all the time. And... It was one of those coach buses that had the VCR in it, and this was one of like the four movies that we ever had on a bus trip. So if it was more than a couple hours, chances are I was going to see part of Austin Powers, part of The Matrix, and a few other movies that were around the same time. So I definitely didn't see this in the theater either, but I've seen it many times. Uh, it's been a while, though, since I saw this. I I actually watched this last summer. Um, okay. Just because I've... We had been watching Bond, and I just felt like watching it. Uh, Mm -hmm. But I think it had been a while since I had seen it before that. And yeah, I feel like it definitely seems more dated today than it did even five years ago. Yeah, I think there's... Some of the humor just isn't funny anymore. It's still a fun movie. And like you were saying, compared to Spy Hard, at least this one knows to be a film with a story and a plot that isn't just making fun of stuff. And it's also mostly making fun of Bond and not just random stuff. (laughs) Yeah, not, we're going to throw in speed, because why not? Everyone likes speed. But I mean, right off the bat, you get an obvious parody of the the boardroom from Thunderball or from any one of the movies that has Spectre as the the villain. Oh yeah, we get the standard, we get the boardroom complete with the murder. I love the way the chairs spring back. Yeah, and they're all torched. (laughs) Yes. I like the one guy, his button says Generalissimo on it. (laughs) And of course, we see Dr. Evil with the cat, because of course. Yes. And Frau Farbissida, who's obviously (laughs) based on Rosa Klebb. Yes. And Mustafa, who's uh, Will Ferrell. (laughs) Yes. I mean, was Will... Will Ferrell was on SNL at this point, uh, but like, was he like in a lot of movies yet at ninety seven? I, I don't think so. I, I I was wondering that too when I was watching. I was like, this might be one of his earlier bits. Like, I feel like the first movie I remember him from is Zoolander. Yeah, but I think this came before that, didn't it? Oh, this yeah, this definitely came before that. Uh, he was in a movie called Men Seeking Women, also in ninety seven. Okay, that was his first movie. I've not seen or heard of that one. And he was one of the stars of that movie. So, like, like I'm looking at the hmm. cover. He's, like, on the cover. So that was obviously okay. a bigger movie for him, but I've never heard of it. No. Uh, but anyway, yes, I would say Austin Powers was his first big movie. Because um, <laughs> that was also 97. I mean, cause, and you can tell that he's not, like, because it's not a cameo role, but it's also not a 
big role. So, like, right. you can tell that he wasn't, you know, a big star yet. But yeah, he has this scene and the one later, and that's that's it, yeah. right? Yeah. Over the credits, we get this big production number, which it's just, I find amusing. It's weird, yeah. <laughs> it's weird. You know, you get Soul Bossa Nova from Quincy Jones, and it works. Yeah. I like I like the beef eater on the corner that's just like, what is going on here? <laughs> yeah. I always get amused at, at one point the, the cops just start doing backflips. Yes. <laughs> and then he gets a he gets a video call from Basil Exposition. Which I, I just I don't know like obviously I was old enough to get it, but for some reason I don't know if I quite got the joke right away. I don't think I did the first time I saw this. Yeah. But of course that's his name. Yeah. And he is played by an actor whose name I've already forgotten, but he's like a British that guy. Michael York? Yes. He is a British that guy. Who sends them to the Electric Psychedelic Pussycat Swingers Club. Right, because there's been a trap that's already been planned there. Yes. Like, I love how this is how Austin knows, how Austin ends up going there is because he finds out there's a trap planned for him there. Like, right. wait a second. <laughs> <laughs> Like, how was this supposed to work? <laughs> I, I don't know. But yes, we go to the the electric psychedelic pussycat swingers club. Mm-hmm. Where there's Andy Warhol painting a woman while staring at a can of soup. Sure, why not? Yeah, cool. It's a swinging shindig. It is. And we get the person who's not a woman, she's a man, which... Yeah, that didn't... The, that part... And the fact that it comes back has not aged well. It shouldn't have been funny in 97, but it it was. Uh, but it, it definitely, in 2021, we're like, no. I'm not convinced that this part was meant to be quite as much of a joke, but they really think that the part later where he punches Basil Exposition's mother is supposed to be funny. And it's not at all. They really think that's supposed to be funny. Yeah, this part isn't isn't really a joke, per se, because he, he finds out that it's actually a henchman, yeah. Right, yeah. So... But what exactly was the trap here? Was Dr. Evil always planning to launch himself into space? If so, why did he want Austin Powers there? You're expecting this movie to make sense. <laughs> and why is it in a big boy? Why Why not? <laughs> it's so we can have Clint Howard talking about big boy later. It's so Clint Howard can say that the big boy never left. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I do enjoy that we, have a, we do have a brief Clint Howard scene. Yeah. And we also get Charles Napier. We do. <laughs> Who is not Herbert? No. But he he might be the same general from Roswell. He could be, yeah. He's yet another one of those that guys. Oh, yeah. Who's always playing somebody like this. Except, except the time that, that he played, played a space <laughs> He's a hippie. Yes. <laughs> and I, I love this, like, this, this parody of 60s, 70s film with all the split screens i love the feed my fish not too much not too much <laughs> yeah <laughs> that part's great yeah phillips call the president sir prepare the jet bring my overnight bag and uh phillips feed my fish not too much i'm off to london england and then yeah we go to the cryogenic facility in London, England. Yes, because that's where he flo <laughs> he flies to London, England. Yes. So, With Ilya Baskin again. Yes. Standard Russian, the that, Russian guy. that guy. So, like, 
Gary Coleman and Vanilla Ice were both like <laughs> yes. alive and doing things. Vanilla Ice still is. Uh, in nineteen ninety seven. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like they were kind of they kind of had disappeared from the scene. Yeah, I guess point. the point was yes, they were popular in the yeah earlier in the eighties in or the eighties early nineties and now not no yeah. no longer. I guess. Right. Was that actually Gary Coleman? It might have been. It might have been. I think it was Vanilla Ice. I think oh, I'm pretty sure it looks that a was, lot like Vanilla. It was Ice. either Vanilla Ice or someone who looks just like Vanilla Ice. Yeah, they're thawing out Austin Powers here, complete with the warm liquid goo phase. <laughs> like this is this stuff is funny to me. Yeah, I, I you you made a comment about the urination scene. Yeah, it does go on for a long time, but I think it still works. I think it works. It. It, it's a joke that you can see coming. Mm-hmm. My comment was more not so much about it not working than it is that this movie does this thing where they find something they think is funny and they just beat it to death. It's not as bad as, what's that? Well. <laughs> <laughs> True. But like they they tell they have a joke multiple times that they should have stopped telling the joke like three jokes before. Yeah. Although I agree with you, the one coming up where the last tag on the joke is the funniest part. Yes. And honestly, my one of my favorite lines of this movie since the first time I saw it mm-hmm. is, is when he wakes up and he asks who everybody is and he sees that there's a Russian intelligence guy there. And, they say, <laughs> and he's like, are you mad? Well, the Cold War's over. And he says, oh, we, well, finally those communist pigs will pay for their crimes, eh, comrades? I just love that. Yeah. And the guy's like, Austin... We won. Oh, groovy, especially. Oh, yeah, groovy. Capitalism. Yay, capitalism. <laughs> it's just, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, it's, it's not, it's a dumb joke, but it, it's amusing. Yeah, it, it works. And we meet Mrs. Kensington's daughter. Mm-hmm. And he, Miss Kensington. And he's getting all his personal effects. Why did he bring a Burt Baccarat record to the cryo storage place? <laughs> Why not? Or a penis pump, for that matter. Well, yeah. So, yeah, the penis pump, I'm like, this joke is dumb. And I keep thinking this joke is dumb through the warranty card and him going on and on about how it's not mine. And then when he pulls out and he says, this sort of thing ain't my bag. But then when he pulls out the book, Swedish penis (laughs) and larger pumps in me, this sort of thing is my bag, baby. Then it becomes hilarious. And, like, it's this weird thing where it's not funny until they drag it on too long. Yes, I, I'll give you that. Also, the photo of him with the penis and larger pump is pretty funny, <laughs> yes. too, on the book. <laughs> also, why does he still have his jumbo jet? Why not? And he, you know, he tries to leave without the pump, and the guy's like, don't, did you forget something? You know. <laughs> yeah. And here's their, also, they're, they're setting up this thing where it's the 90s now, like, don't call her baby. She's like, please call me Agent Kensington, or she gives in and says Vanessa or whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. So they're, trying to be i guess modern yeah um i also want to just comment in general that for i don't know why i like them but i'm always amused by these like i guess they're chapter breaks or whatever with this weird laugh-in stuff that they do yeah although i find the music video in the credits odd but yes i i it's kind of interesting yeah. So now we're some somewhere outside Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. Where we were last time. Yes. And we see that Frau Farbissina and and Mustafa are still there. Yep. 
I like how Mustafa has gray hair and Frau Provisida looks exactly the same. Yep. <laughs> Mr. Bigglesworth had a problem with the unfreezing process. Because they weren't able to anticipate feline complications. Correct. But this gets Mustafa thrown into the fire so pit. So here's another joke that goes on, but I think works. Um, the Where Mustafa doesn't die. Okay. Like the, he's not dead yet, he's getting better sort of thing. A little bit, yeah. I do like, you know, he's... I think there's a little too much of him yelling through the thing. Mm. But I do like when he, he calls on the phone and he's like, no, no, not dead, just burned. <laughs> and you can hear the guy like, do you want me to take care of it? And he's like, yeah, yeah. And I like when he's like, you shot me! me. Yeah. <laughs> and they shoot him again and they just kind of wait to hear if he's going to say anything. Yes. And then the door closes. Yeah. I also like Random Task, who is, you know, straight up odd job. Mm-hmm. Patty O'Brien. They're after me Lucky Charms. Like, so Patty O'Brien is not, like, a Bond character, though. He's just, Mm-mm. you know, there to make the Lucky Charms joke. Right. Which doesn't work. No. It really doesn't. I, I, I honestly, I think it's the way that Frau Farvissima says it. It just, yeah. It's not. Yeah. Because it's not that funny. Like, they could just have them giggle at it. Yeah. At him saying, they're after me Lucky Charms, and just leave it there. Mm-hmm. That would have been funny. We should mention that Frau Farbissena has said that she is founder of the militant wig of the Salvation Army. Yes! <laughs> I love that. <laughs> and now we have number two, who is obviously a bit of a a bit of a Maximilian Largo. Yep. My number two man. His name, number two. But who is his number one man? I don't know. Is it Mrs. Mr. Bagglesworth? Maybe. I, I I also really enjoy, I enjoy the where he you know his evil plans first is to make it seem like Pat, Prince Charles had a, Charles had an affair and it, you know they'll have to cover it up to avoid embarrassment and he's like oh mm-hmm. actually he did. <laughs> then they're gonna ruin the ozone layer. Yep, but we did that. Oh, that already happened too. And he's like shit. Well, let's just hijack some nuclear weapons and hold the world hostage, yeah, okay? Uh, okay? Go back to the old favorites, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and the whole million versus billion, also good. Yep. I like the joke with the map, with all the little things on it, and he's and number two is going through, you know, we have this plant here and this oil refinery and then a factory in Chicago that makes models of, of factories. Yes! <laughs> yeah, but do they have anything in Baja? Baja? <laughs> haven't got anything in Baja. Hey, they're in a they're in a facility near Vegas. I mean, this could really be. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> could be Willard White, yeah. All right, so now we're on Austin Powers' shagadelic plane. Yeah, we are. Where he's, you know, committing sexual assault. Yep. This is where it doesn't work for me again, because it's supposed to be funny. It's supposed to be funny and, like, a sign that things have changed from the 60s, and it's true, but, like, yeah... No. And, and like, you know, they're tr- they're clearly... Parts of the script are clearly written to write catchphrases. Mm-hmm. Like the do I make you horny thing on the on the bed that looks like it was out of Casino Royale 1967. <laughs> I like how when we watched Casino Royale 1967, you said it was out of Alice in the Palace. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> it's the same bed. But, like, you know, he's, like, falling over her accidentally. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, again, a kind of little harassment going on. Yep. But then she goes back and she starts laughing or smiling about it to herself, which kind of bugs me. Yes. Uh, that's another you know, That's another difference, I think, between now and the 90s. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. It it works, but it is... Like, it works in what they're trying to do, but it also doesn't work 
from a modern point. Like it's they're like showing that the sixties are dated to to the nineties, but it really just makes yeah. us realize that the nineties are dated today. Which is a shame because I I'm we're I'm jumping ahead, but I I really appreciate the scene later when they get drunk and she wants to hook up with him and he wants nothing to do with it. Yes. Which is like the only time it really feels sort of up to date, at least for now. Yeah. And I'm and I'm kind of surprised that they put that in, honestly. Well, I think it's to show up for, to show us that Austin Powers is not a bad person. Right. And he likes her. Yeah. Legitimately. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But that's that's a ways off. We get past that and we meet Dr. Evil's son, who's played by Seth Green. And I think this is probably one of his first movie roles, too. I think so, too. Yeah. And it's this is really one of the things that just I just don't need in the movie. Yeah. I mean, we, this is only an hour and a half movie. Or, yeah, about an hour and a half. And, but this does nothing for the plot. It really does not, no. I mean, I am I find the Carrie Fisher scene later somewhat amusing, but, I, yeah. Seth Green's Scott, first... Scott doesn't add much to the, other than that one scene at the end, which we'll get to. Seth Green's first acting appearance was in 1984. What? Yes. He's much older than I thought he was, or he was a kid. He was a kid, I'm sure. Okay. Yeah, he was born in 74. Okay. So, no, uh, this is not his first movie appearance. His first movie appearance was in was in 1984 in The Hotel New Hampshire. Another movie I have not seen. I, or heard of. No. <laughs> but this is, like, this is one of the first things I remember Seth Green from. Yeah, me too. Um, he was apparently in an episode of Sequest. Um, <laughs> I can't believe I forgot that. And he was on... And this was around the same time that he was on Buffy, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Okay. We go to Las Vegas, and I kept looking for uh, the Gold Coast. Well, just because all these neon signs reminded me of the Gold Coast. Ah, uh, yeah, well, the Rio would show up more. Mm, but we don't see... True. I don't... I mean, we see the Mirage, and that's a real thing. So, yep. yeah, they, they are actually showing at least establishing shots. Actually, we see... Hold on. I want to say we do see... We do see the Rio. Hmm. When they are... At least... No, never mind. It might not be... I can't tell. Okay. No, it's not. Never mind. It just looks Ah. looks like it. We do see Circus Circus, and... Yes. I saw something... But anyway, yeah. We see parts of... Circus Circus, where the elephant is playing slots. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. All right, so... Anyway, for those of us, for those of you who don't know us from like real life, uh, we we're <laughs> talking about the Rio is where uh, Star Trek Las Vegas is held. The event formerly known as Star Trek Las Vegas. That's true. Yes. I like the little unpacking here with, with the, the, penis pump? the gun. No, not well. The penis pump is okay, but more just like the different guns, like how they keep one upping each other with the guns. Yes. And then he finally pulls out the penis pump to finish the. Yes. <laughs> how did this get in here? Someone's playing a prank on me, honestly. I, I also enjoy when he, he, like, says to the one guy, hey, there you are. Do I know yes. you? No, but that's where you are. You're there. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yep. That's a good scene. And they're on their way to play blackjack with the soup Nazi. That is the soup Nazi. Yeah. No cards for you. <laughs> I, I, yeah, and we. this is where we find out that number two... Apparently, actually has two good eyes. Vision he in just his eye? uses yeah. his eye patch <laughs> as a as a X ray thing. 
Yeah. So we get number two is is hitting because he knows the next card is low, and then Austin can you know play this game. So he's he's staying when he has nothing. Yep. Which is not going to work. He's going to stay on five. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and this is when we meet a lot of vagina. Yep. Wonder who she could be referencing. I I like how Austin is uh, like calls it out too. Yep. It's like I'm sorry. I thought you're never mind. I like how he he introduces himself as Richie Cunningham and his wife Oprah. Yes. <laughs> and then he follows number two into the bathroom. I don't know where number two goes, and that's not a bathroom joke. I'm just being serious. That is a good point. Maybe he crawled through one of the the same hole that. Oh, maybe. And now we get your second favorite uh... <laughs> Tom Arnold moment. Yeah. But first, we get the we do get the nice the the, the forgive me, but the sight gag of the yeah. blind bathroom attendant. Right. When he says, "Did you happen to see anything at all?" <laughs> yeah. No, never mind. Sorry. And then Tom Arnold comes barging in, and you just hear the guy go, "Oh," because the door like crushes yes. the guy back there. And then, yeah, Tom Arnold says, this crazy get-up you got on there. Are you part of the show? He's like, no, I'm English. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Wait, this is how I imagine Tom Arnold dresses all the time. Yes. Almost certainly. And then we get some bathroom humor here, literally. It works. I, I think it's, like, I don't always like bathroom humor, but I think in this instance it works pretty well. The 13-year-old in me likes this stuff. Yeah. Or finds this funny. And the who does number two work for because he's interrogating the guy works yeah. really well. He's like, you tell that turd who's boss. Right. <laughs> and what did you eat? eat. <laughs> yeah. And now we have the United Nations secret meeting room, which is just, you know, filled with all sorts of stereotypes. Stereotypes uh, led by Brian George. Yes, it is. Yeah. <laughs> Because obviously the Canadian person would be dressed as a Mountie and the Japanese person yeah, would be course. dressed as a geisha. Or Yep. But why is there both a geisha and a sumo wrestler? Do they get, does Japan get two people in this room? Well, maybe Tom Mankiewicz wrote this part and doesn't know that there's the same thing. Oh, that's also possible. <laughs> <laughs> but then, like, we just get, uh, of course, we get, um, we get Gorbachev here for some reason, even though it's 1997. <laughs> Yeah, and we have Babu Bot and the Soup Nazi in the same movie. Yeah, back to back almost. <laughs> yeah. I didn't even notice Gorbachev until just now. He's behind the Israel sign. Right, which is weird. <laughs> well, no, I guess Israel is next to him. Okay, but... Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's odd. Yeah, why is Gorbachev there? Uh, another example of a joke that... It, it both goes on too long, but that's what makes it funny, is when they start doing their evil laughter. Yes. And then they don't know what to do with themselves when they're done. Yeah. No, that, that works pretty well. And then we get uh, what I've termed in my notes, creative junk concealment. Yes, which will be a thing throughout all of the Austin Powers movies. It will be. And I think it's actually funny in this. Yeah. It's funny in the final scene with the melons and the... The melons and the... Pineapple the, and, the, and, yeah. The nice spice rack and thing. And the pouring and... cream and... Yeah. And the part where she's eating the sausage, that's... Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I will say that the parts of this movie that are CG really look like CG because they were made in 97. Like the VirtuCon building. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I enjoy Austin Powers' giant telephoto lens. Mm-hmm. But 
we're randomly going to go out on a date and have Burt Bacharach just show up. He probably just happened to be playing in Vegas, I mean. Sure. It's not that surprising. Although that's not Burt Bacharach sitting at the piano when they're actually on the bus. Yeah, that's true. He's not even wearing a Burt Bacharach mask. <laughs> that would... Uh, better than a Patrick Troughton mask. Much. <laughs> and we get the usual montage. I like the Jack has Austin Powers' face on it. Circus Circus, Golden Nugget. Is the Golden Nugget even still there? I don't think so. I don't think the the Riviera is either. And I don't think the Flamingo is either. The Flamingo is. Is, um, is it? Okay. It's been rebuilt and like it's not the same as it was in the mm. old days. But yes, it's still there. Caesar's okay. Palace is obviously there. Yeah. They have a really good buffet. <laughs> cut, cut to some uh, grunting and moaning and it turns out they're playing Twister. Yep. And he does the thing with the escalator and the elevator. And I think that's cute. It is. His canoe. Yeah, but he... And he... And this is where he will not sleep with her because she's drunk. Yep. And you find out, like, he would have loved to have been involved with her mom, but, you know, she was married, so no. So then he opens up the laptop, which... The yeah. laptop in and of <laughs> itself, like... Oh, boy. That, yeah, I that, didn't realize oh. Acer was making computers that early. No, but I guess so. But then we get AOL and what's hot and channels and oh boy that brings back some memories <laughs> i remember when AOL when aol was how you access the internet and it looked like that yeah although i'm wondering how this computer is accessing the internet since it has no cords plugged into it yeah that's a good question <laughs> i'm also focusing on the fact that it's like six inches thick well that's that was stamped at the time and the and the great vis- video resolution here with basil exposition here well i mean they couldn't have even I mean, we presume no. it's dial-up, so yeah. Sure. This is probably like, it's probably like a real video. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a cute little beat that maybe he just made up on his own, like, closing the laptop, where he, like, <laughs> turns it sideways and... I just realized that a lot of people would have no idea what I meant when I said it's a real video. Oh, capital R, real. Yes. <laughs> From back in the day, a highly compressed video format that was used... Real player. Yes. Because you would use Real Player as a plug-in to watch video on. Ugh. <laughs> yeah. I wonder if Real Player still exists. I hope not. <laughs> I really hope not. So Austin Powers breaks into a lot of vaginas, uh, penthouse, and finds like the VirtuCon secret projects, which include Real Player still exists. Oh man. <laughs> Why? Download Real Player 2020 today, but it's available for Windows only. <laughs> Probably because Mac wouldn't certify it. <laughs> it apparently instantly identifies famous people in movies? What? Instantly identify famous people with one click. I'm sorry, I'm, my mind is nowhere. No, my, my Amazon X-Ray feature already does that. That's true. So, yeah, Austin breaks into a lot of vagina's place. Yep. I like the flowchart of VirtuCon's carrot top secret movie. projects. The hum- yeah, the human organ trafficking carrot top movie, and then Project Vulcan. And I I enjoy the way Austin is you know having the plans you know talking to them like it's a model. Yep. And then a lot of vagina shows up, and we see the we see her changing clothes behind the screen. And mm-hmm. Then they get. In this the- reminds me of that other pointless scene in A View to a Kill. Yes. They get in the hot tub together. And it's also a direct reference to You Only Live Twice, when she says, in Japan, men come first and women come yes. second. And 
I think in <laughs> You Only Lose Twice, Bond says, I think I like it here, or something like that. Yeah. But <laughs> Austin's response is, or sometimes not sometimes at all. Not at all. <laughs> <laughs> Which is pretty good. Yeah. And when they have Saki and he says, kinky, clinky, that is mildly amusing as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. The farting. Yeah. Yeah, whatever. You know, how dare you break wind before me? I didn't know it was your turn. <laughs> yeah, okay. I should have commented on this earlier, but I find his fake chest hair just amusing. Yes. Well, it's deliberately over the top. Yeah. Does Austin Powers shave his back? <laughs> Actual, um, so Mike Myers probably doesn't, but Austin Powers, I bet, does. Because <laughs> that, that, that is well beyond even Sean Connery level Harry. Yes. So now we're back in the secret lair, and Frau Farvissina is introducing her secret weapon, the Fembots. Oh boy. Yeah. <laughs> so I will say that I chuckled when Dr. Evil said, I like to see girls of that caliber. Yes. <laughs> Which I think is the joke, is that it is actually funny, and it's... So the joke is that, it, that they don't think it's funny, but it, it is actually funny. Yeah, that, that actually is a good pun, I think. Mm-hmm. Or it's a homonym, as he says. Yes. And I like that we now go to British makeshift headquarters. <laughs> we introduce the watch, which doesn't actually do anything <laughs> in the movie, which is fine. And then all the dental stuff. Yep, because they've made an adva- fabulous advances in the field of dentistry. Mm-hmm. So, there's actually nothing wrong with his teeth. <laughs> I mean, they're they're fine. Yeah, they're. I mean, they're a little yellow, but they're not like. Yeah. They're not fall. They're not falling apart or anything. No, I've, I mean, I've seen much worse. I have seen far worse teeth, yes. I mean, I've and I've seen far more crooked teeth. Like, they're barely crooked. Yeah. But anyway, like, I don't think those teeth actually would need uh, orthodontia. But, no, probably not. But he gets them anyway. But that's actually that's actually a standard, um, a, a stereotype of British people's teeth that's, like, completely wrong. Uh, the British aren't don't do as much cosmetic surgery on teeth as we do in the U.S., mm-hmm. but... Uh, from an actual standpoint of like teeth health, they are usually better than ours. But anyway, we're we're skipping over thankfully the yeah, the stupid mother yeah, stuff. Yeah, we'll just say that it's dumb and should not it's, be in this movie. No, and I mean it is in fact probably transphobic as well. Just a little. Yeah. And then we go to group therapy with Carrie Fisher. Yes, I mean who doesn't like Carrie Fisher? And I I enjoy. <laughs> I enjoy the how Carrie Fisher thinks that he's speaking hyperbolically about, you know, taking over the world and stuff like that. When Scott says that he's trying to, his father's trying to kill him, and she's like, well, not really. And he's like, no, 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 I've, I really am trying to kill him. And he tells the story of his childhood. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a self-improving boulangerie owner from Belgium with low-grade narcolepsy and a penchant for buggery. <laughs> yes. <laughs> A 15-year-old French prostitute named Chloe with webbed feet. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. He would sometimes, sometimes he would accuse chestnuts of being lazy. I think that's my favorite line. <laughs> I know, yes. <laughs> he says something about how he acted as though he invented the question mark. Also, you can tell this is 1997, because when he talks about you, there really is nothing like a shorn, uh, shorn scrotum, it's breathtaking, I suspect you try it, and every man there is grimacing. Yep. Definitely the 90s. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> also, what is a meat helmet? I was wondering this as well. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
And I like he just Carrie Fisher's just like we need to stop now. <laughs> yeah. And we later find out that Doctor Evil has them all killed because he you know opened up in front of them. They were insolent. <laughs> so now Austin Powers admits that he had sex with a lot of vagina. Mm-hmm. And she, okay. So, it's kind of... The, this joke is also kind of funny. When she says, I hope you, you wore a condom. He's like, only sailors wear wear condoms. Not in the 90s, Austin. Well, they should. They go The filthy beggars, they go from port to port. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's funny. And obviously, yes. Because there was, you know, a bit of a difference in, you know, how that worked between the 60s and the 90s. Which, I, we, we skipped over that. But that actually it was also is also a good line. In the beginning, uh, when he first gets woken up, they say a lot's changed since the 60s. And he says, well, as long as people are still having promiscuous sex with many anonymous partners without protection, while at the same time experimenting with mind-expanding drugs in a consequence-free environment, then I'm fine. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> and we get the sad Austin montage where he goes around drinking Tab. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, and then he's checking off all the musical artists and how they died yep. and we get to mama Cass, mama Cass, and it's ham sandwich tries to play his cd on the record player yeah um he blows up his nike pump shoes <laughs> i like when he's wearing uh union jack sandals yeah with socks <laughs> and now they're going on a, on the tour of virtue con right and he is basically wearing the love guru outfit. he is wearing the love guru outfit isn't he <laughs> Well, maybe he just, yeah, just kept it and used it for that. I mean, this movie is better than The Love Guru. I've never seen The Love Guru, but I believe it. It's terrible. That's what I hear. Yeah, don't see it. Like, and has he done anything since then? I feel like it may have ruined his career. Either. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't think he's really done much. I know it's stupid, but the steamroller joke always makes me laugh. The steamroller joke is pretty good. <laughs> it, it's just the cut... To, like, the wide shot where the steamroller is, like, 10 feet from this guy, or, you know, 30 feet for, away from this guy, and he's just standing there yelling, stop! Mm -hmm. No, that's pretty good. And then the, uh, and then, of course, they get captured. Of course they do. And now Dr. Evil is telling them all about his plan, which is, he has to. Mm-hmm. And I love it, they even have the scene where, you know, the villain takes them out, uh, has them, has them for dinner, and... right. He even asks if they enjoy their quasi-futuristic clothes. <laughs> yeah, because of course they had to wear these things. And the part where this, where his chair rolls away and he has random tasks push it back. Well, yeah, that, I like those, the gags with the chair. Yeah. And then Scott shows up and is like, you're feeding him? Why don't you just shoot him? Mm-hmm. But no, I, I'm going to place him in an easily escapable situation, including an overly elaborate and exotic death. But they don't have sharks with laser beams on their head because of the endangered species. But act. at least they have mutated sea bass. Mutated sea bass that are ill-tempered. <laughs> well, considering how fast that one guy lost his head. Yeah. And then we have to begin the unnecessarily slow-moving dipping mechanism. Naturally. Which is a great line. And then, and like, he's like, you're not going to watch? He's like, no, I'm just going to walk away and assume everything went to plan. <laughs> I, I, I like how she has the... Dental floss. He's like, I get it. I have bad teeth. <laughs> no. <laughs> Dental floss would actually not, you know. No, that would not work. <laughs> and then the 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 string of head puns are funny too. Yeah, I I'm always amused. Like he shoots the toothpaste in the guy's face, and he acts like it's like killing him. Yes. We get 
more unnecessarily racist kung fu fighting. Yeah, for, okay. Like, just like last week. Yes, we do. But I also feel like it's not as horrifically racist. Like, Mm-mm. he does the hand thing, but he doesn't, like, completely, yeah. like, squint his eyes and put his teeth out. Right. <laughs> yeah. It's, yep. it's not as bad as last week's movie in, like, every regard. Well, nothing about this is as bad as last week. <laughs> yeah. So then they take the, like, little forklift thing. Mm-hmm. And... We get a scene that has been all over the internet for the past week. Yeah, it really has. (laughs) (laughs) Because of the ship that got stuck in the canal. In the canal, where he's trying to three-point turn this thing and gets stuck in the... There's no way he could actually do that. No, he couldn't actually do that. No. But it's funny. Alright, so now this scene is very Dr. no you know. Oh yeah, he's even wearing is the he outfit. wearing the yeah, Dr. Evil is wearing the yeah, the ridiculous what, plastic plastic outfit. suit thing. Yeah. Yeah. And we get Austin managing to fight against the fembots by pelvic thrusting. Mhm. Wearing Union Jack underwear. Naturally. Yeah, this this never worked for me and it definitely doesn't work for me now though. Yeah, no, this whole part is just dumb. It's really there so that he can, you know, get all flustered when when uh, Kensington shows up. Yeah. <laughs> I like when Dr. Evil tries to sit in the chair and falls out and then just kind of jumps back up again like nothing happened. Yes. And now we get the quintessential Bond, you know, henchman fighting henchman. Mm-hmm. And meanwhile, the drill is about to go into the earth and we get Countdown Guy. Yes, and he sounds just like Countdown Guy from Diamonds Are Forever. He does. Who we just talked about last week, I think. Uh, so, yeah, and so Austin presses the giant abort button right before it hits the magma core. And Countdown Guy has to go, abort, abort. <laughs> I do like that scene right before, you know, they've been having this big duel and they show Countdown Guy and he's all, like, his hair is all messed up and he's covered in, like, soot. Yes. <laughs> And Austin comes in while Dr. Evil is feeding his cat. Mm-hmm. Like, he wasn't at all, like, trying to hide or anything. He's just or feeding escape. his cat. Sure. Yep. Like, at first I thought he was just, you know, packing it away so he could escape. But he, like, calls to the cat and says din-din and everything. So, like, <laughs> right. he really is going to feed the cat. Yeah. And I like this. I like this scene where Austin talks about how... Because Dr. Evil tells Austin that he's what people think is evil now because he was, you know, part of the swing in 60s. And Austin says, no, it was about freedom. And if we had known some of the consequences, then we would have done things differently. And we're still about freedom today. Right. It's like, this is like, it is a satire, but it also, at the same time, it's also true. <laughs> right. Which is why this works. Yeah. And why it's better than Spy Hard. Uh, much. I also like Dr. Evil's response where he said there's nothing more pathetic than an aging hipster. Yes. And number two is taking a fembot in his suitcase. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like when... I do like the the little beat with uh, Dr. Evil tells number two to do something. He's like, no, I've had enough of you pushing me around. Yes. <laughs> so Dr. Evil gets away in his cryo-freezing mm-hmm. big boy again. Yep. Which is actually quite similar to the end of Spy Hard. Yeah, except it doesn't blow up. Right. And Austin Powers flips into the car, and of course, 
gets his crotch on the gear shift because of course he does because that's this kind of movie. Yes. And then three months later, Austin and Vanessa are married. They are. I love the Casio little yes pocket thing that I remember when people had those. I like how it has much better video quality than the laptop. Yeah. <laughs> And here we have, yeah, the, we have the very good genital placement. I especially, yep. <laughs> he's like... The, the, the drawing of the boobs. He gave us this drawing of boobs, yeah. It's <laughs> very bizarre. And he, fi- and he pours the two pitchers of cream into the coffee cups. Yep, and, of course yeah. he does. Yeah. And then she blows up the balloon. Yep. And we have more Diamonds Are Forever endings with... Uh, yeah. There's a lot of Diamonds Are Forever in this movie. There is, actually, yeah. <laughs> Well, because I was about to say earlier, when, when they're doing the fembots, for a little bit, it reminded me of Bambi and Thumper. Mm-hmm. And a random task shows up, and Austin defeats him with the penis pump. Of course he does. Chekhov's penis pump. and this Because is... he gets hit in the face with the shoe, and he's like, who throws a shoe? Honestly. Honestly. And this is, you know, this was, you know, good five years before George Bush we get hit with a shoe. Yeah. <laughs> and now we, and we, we see that Dr. Evil will return. Yeah. Dun dun dun. Get you, Austin Power. And now we have just a very odd music video in the credits. We do, and I'm not quite sure what it's for. Yeah, it's just bizarre. Um, I like how at the very end it just says "Groovy Baby" of the credits. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Something I noticed: the first assistant director is Doug Arianowski or Arianokowski. Okay. Who right now is directing a lot of current Star Trek stuff. Oh, okay. He's directed uh, several episodes of Picard and Discovery. So oh, that was just I actually did not recognize that name. Yeah. That is kind of cool. Oh, Gary Coleman was played by Carlton Lee Russell and Vanilla Ice was played by Daniel Weaver. Okay. So he was just, that's a very, Daniel Weaver is a very good Vanilla Ice lookalike. Unless that's Vanilla Ice's real name, that but I don't might, think it is. It's, no. But I I just like at the end where we, we would where we would normally see you know James Bond will return we just see groovy baby groovy baby yeah because <laughs> <laughs> of course Austin Powers will return he will in the Spy Who Shagged Me oh no Vanilla Ice's real name is Robert Matthew Van Winkle <laughs> <laughs> so that's a thing oh Daniel Weaver was the was the husband in my big fat Greek wedding. Really? He didn't look like Vanilla Ice then. Oh, never mind. No. Sorry. Greek is a TV show. It was not what I thought it was. Never mind. Oh. Oh, okay. I saw the word Greek and it was with the <laughs> E's like in my big fat Greek wedding and I thought that for a second. Okay, never ah, mind. Okay. No, Daniel Weaver has been in almost nothing. Okay. Because <laughs> he looks like Vanilla Ice. Yeah. Limits his options. <laughs> I suppose. In fact, this may not be the same Daniel Weaver. Hold on. <laughs> okay, I think this is the Daniel Weaver. I, no, I can't even tell. Anyway, okay. It may be a different Daniel Weaver. There are multiple Daniels Weaver. <laughs> but anyway, that was Austin Powers' The Spy Who Shagged Me, which we yeah. talked about for... No, that is not the... Uh, no, no, that is next week. That was Austin Powers' <laughs> International Man of Mystery, which we managed yes. to talk about for less time than we talked about Spy Hard somehow. Really? Oh. Yeah. Probably because we actually enjoyed this one, so we weren't, you know, insulting it the whole way through. That is, that is true. Let's hope that this enjoyment carries through to the second movie. Yeah, I haven't seen that one in a while. Uh, I remember I didn't care for it as much, but 
I still liked it. Yeah, I, I think it, in general, holds up as a 90s parody of James Bond. What I remember most is that they made the unfortunate decision to do a lot more gross-out humor in that one with Fat Bastard. Yes. Which I didn't think was funny back in the 90s, and I'm expecting to not find funny. I never now. thought, I never found the get-in-my-belly thing to be funny. Right. Or, like, doesn't he, like, drink the stool sample or something yeah. at one point? Yeah. I just remember I knew there were a bunch of people, like, because I was in middle school when that movie came out. Okay. And I just, I know everybody was just walking around going, get in my belly. Yes. Like, it probably wasn't as much of a deal for you in your age group, but, like, mm. you know, that was, like, that was prime middle school humor. Yeah. So, like, I just, everybody was always saying that, and I I never thought it was funny. No. But anyway, we'll get to that next People week. People still say that. What's that? People still say that. Yeah, they do, but not, like, it's not like... Yeah, not constantly. Yeah. Like, it was like people would walk around at school and just, like, you would just randomly hear in the hall someone yell, get in my belly. <laughs> okay. You know how kids are. Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> and it was, like, it was a pop culture culture phenomenon at the time. Yeah. Like, I remember, it, it, I think it made the cover of Newsweek. Yeah, like, I don't... I'm, and, I, and, you know, thinking back, I'm trying to figure out, you know, what... And this isn't to denigrate the movie. I think it's fun. But what about... Was it just that... Um, was there something about the Pierce Brosnan era that lent itself to just parody? Or was the world just waiting for something like this movie to come along? It's it's one of those things where I, I can't... I, I have to go back in time and relive like when it came out to kind of get why it was so big. Yeah. Because I, like, I feel like, like the second one was when like the huge hype machine was out. Because like the first one came out and people liked it. And then because of that, like the second one, like you saw billboards. It was just, mm-hmm. it was huge. Yeah, like my guess is this this one came out and nobody expected it to be this huge, this big thing. And it turned into something bigger than it was expected to be. So, of course, there were high expectations. Yeah, and then the third one came out and no one cared. Right. I don't think I've ever seen it. <sighs> I have. Uh, it wasn't as good as the other two. <laughs> okay. <laughs> there is one line that, like, my friends and I often quote. <laughs> okay. Actually, just because, like, it comes up. But, like, it's more just because, like, you know, it's just a thing. But, uh-huh. but yeah, no, the third one's not as good. But we'll get to that okay. in two weeks. We'll get that in two weeks. Next week, we'll hear about The Spy Who Shagged Me, which, again, wonder where that came from. Yeah, can't imagine where that title came from. Yeah. yeah. All right, well, thank you for listening to us this week. If you'd like to contact us, you can find us on Twitter at PodSpiel, or you can send us an email at spielpodcast at gmail.com. And then you can also find me on Twitter at Tyrannicus. And you can find me on Twitter at Listening to Film. Is there anything else you want to say about this one? No, I don't think so. Well, License to Spiel will be back next week with Austin Powers and The Spy Who Shagged Me. 